If you take your Bibles and turn in the Old Testament to 1 Samuel chapter 12, I'll give you a little time to find it. For those of you that are using the Bibles that uh, are provided in the um, pouches and the chairs, it's on page 154, 1 Samuel chapter 12. One of my favorite passages to look at uh, whenever we uh, come across or, or face a milestone. And um, we're, we're on the brink of a milestone. Um, just a couple days, it's going to be 2020. That means all the 2010s or teens or whatever you call those that we're in right now, the, you know, we're in 2019, they're all going to be gone. And we're, and we're launching a whole new decade. Now, we don't know, we don't know that... The, that 2019 is going to make it to the end. Because we believe, and we've been talking about this all through the Christmas season, we've been talking about it all through the time that we've been studying the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, the first letter. We've been talking about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ could come back at any time. And so that, that, that means even before um, Wednesday, he could come back and there could never be a 2020. And, and some people would be fine with that. Now, I know some people are still, you're still hoping, you know, you still got a couple of things on the agenda that you'd rather finish or get to do before he comes back. And I'm going to tell you, I promise you, you're going to get over that, okay? Because, and, and, it, and if not before, you're going to get over it when you see him, when, when, when you see him descending and us ascending to meet him, you're going to get over whatever it is you thought you were going to miss out on if he came back too soon. He's not going to come back too soon. And we hope he comes back before 2020 is, uh, arrives. But if he doesn't, we want to be ready for this coming decade. And as we get ready for it, I want us to look at something that Samuel said. And this is a, a milestone moment in the, in the history of Israel here in 1 Samuel um, chapter 12. And let me, let me remind you who Samuel is. Samuel was was the last of the judges. You remember the book of the Bible called Judges? Israel, when they came out of Egypt, as God delivered them through Moses, and then Joshua brought them into the promised land, and they came in, God did not give Israel a king like like all the other countries, or a queen. He wanted to be their king. And so he appointed judges to help them govern themselves. And they didn't do well with that. In fact, throughout the history of Israel, we could say pretty consistently, they didn't do well with anything. Okay, they didn't. It's an amazing amazing history. It's it's an amazing thing that it it survived. It only survived because it's God's word. Because nobody else would have kept this history. Because it's not good. It has its moments... But generally, it's just a series of disappointments and failures and disappointments and rebellions and and failures and sins, all looking forward to something great that was supposed to to happen. And, of course, we know that it did happen. That's what we've been celebrating over this last uh, month. But Samuel, as the last of the judges, anointed Saul to be king over Israel. And he did it against his better judgment, but God, 
who often leads us into things that are against our better judgment, God told him to do it. Because God had a plan for the kings. And the first one was a a great selection as far as everybody could tell. He looked great. He was big. He was tall. He was strong. He was a great warrior. They thought, man, this is great. This is amazing that Samuel's finally, that that we're finally going to have a king like everybody else. But now I want us to read um, what Samuel said to the people as they were celebrating the first king of Israel. Verse, we'll start with verse 19. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we will not die, for we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. You see, Samuel said, you guys, you're celebrating, you're all excited about having your own king, I want to tell you something, this is bad. And they took, took heed to his words, they, they listened to him and said, wait a minute, pray for us. Pray, pray that we don't die now because we've done this, because we've asked for this thing that's evil. And listen to what Samuel said. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil. Yet, do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, remember he's the last of the judges. Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Consider what great things he has done for you. One of the things that God's people consistently forget to do is to consider the great things that he has done for us. The children of Israel were, were terrible at it. You look at, their, you look at when, they, when God brought them out of Egypt. Remember, they had been in, in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. He brings them out of Egypt, and they start complaining, and they forget about the fact that he brought, that he, first of all, got them released, then he led them through the Red Sea, then he provided for them. They just kept whining, they kept complaining. They were terrible at forgetting the great things that God had done for them. But I don't think they're alone. And so as we finish off a decade, I want us to think and to consider the great things that he has done for us as individuals, as families, as a church, as a country, 
And I want us to remember that, that doing this is one of the great, great ways that we honor our God. That we are among those who don't forget the great things that he does for us. And that we understand that we have a ministry to him by remembering how amazing he is in the things that he does. The Apostle Paul is a great example of this. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. I'll give you the page number in a second for um, those who are reading using the uh, house Bibles. It's on uh, page 640. This is one of the passages that helps us understand the ministry of remembering the great things that God does. This is one of the, this is a, just an amazing passage of scripture. Um, verse three says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. We've been singing about him this morning in that way who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. A lot of us have experienced that, haven't we? For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Do you hear that? Do you hear that phrase? How's it going? Um, I'm under so much pressure, I can't make it. I'm not making it. I can't endure it. All right? Anybody ever answer you when you say, hey, how's it going? Like that? That's how it's going for the Apostle Paul, okay? Or how it was going. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Did you hear that? So that we despaired even of life. Sounds kind of like Job. Take the day I was born off the calendar. It would have been better that it never happened. That's how it's going. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. In other words, we were going through it in the province of Asia, and he delivered us. It was so bad that we wanted to die, but he delivered us. And guess what? It's going to get bad again, and he's going to deliver us again. He's letting the Corinthians know of the great things that God has done. They were so low... They were, they couldn't make it. They couldn't take it. No more. And more came. And then God delivered them. 
He raised the dead. That's how far down they were. He raised, and, and the Apostle Paul is letting him know. And, and look at the ministry that he's describing here. Then he says, He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the generous or for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. You see, one of the reasons that the apostle that the Lord let the apostle Paul and his companions suffer so gravely in the province of Asia was so that the Corinthians, as Paul told them about what was going on, so that the Corinthians would pray for them. So that when the Lord delivered them, which he knew he was going to do, as he raised them from the dead, there was going to be a great cheer of thanksgiving, of praise to God in Corinth for what God did for Paul and his companions in Asia. And that kind of thing is happening all around the world today because the Apostle Paul took the time. And this isn't the only place. He he says it again in in the fourth chapter of this letter. He says it again in the eighth chapter where we have a ministry in letting people know what's going on in our lives so that they can also give thanks to God. Because that is what we're here for. That's why he, one of the reasons that he called apart a nation for himself like Israel. Now, the main reason, he was bringing a Savior through Israel. But one of the other great reasons, purposes that the the nation of Israel had was they were supposed to be a reflection of the great, great power of God because they were nothing in and of themselves. Nothing. They were a bunch of slaves set free without any army, without any power, without any might, without any organization, without anything to brag about, God was going to make something great out of them and they had nothing to offer in the process. And one of the things that he wanted them to do that they kept failing at doing, and Samuel's reminding them again, don't forget to consider the great things that God has done for you. Don't forget to do that. And so, as we finish off the tens or the teens here in the 20s in the 2000s I mean as we finish that decade off have you remembered all the great things that he's done and are you willing to even look at some of the most painful things that you've ever gone through in your life that you can't imagine how you've even made it, how you survived it, or how you're surviving it now? Are you willing to even look at the promises of God who says that he will work out everything for your good if you love him and are called according to his purpose? If you're a believer in Christ, he's going to work it out so that it's going to be great, even as he did in the Apostle Paul's case. Can you look back at this past year at this past decade, first of all, think about it. Decade's a pretty long time. Some of you haven't even been around a whole decade. It's a long time. A lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff has happened in this past decade 
that you did not anticipate this time 10 years ago. Some of you are married to a person that you hadn't even met this time 10 years ago. And whether or not you're happy about that or not, you should be. Because even if it's not going great, God's going to work it out for something wonderful. Remember that. I did not know this time 10 years ago I was going to have two granddaughters this time. How boring would life be if that hadn't happened? Didn't know that. And I'm going to tell you right now, God did that. God did that. And I, and I praise him for it. I, as a matter of fact, I've got to show you this. This is one of them. This past Christmas Eve, that was just a few days ago, my little girls, now one of them didn't make it long enough for the picture to be taken. And this wasn't a planned out thing. But I was doing this, the children's message, as I always do. And my granddaughters were old enough to be up there. Well, not really, but they were up there. <laughs> and somebody took this picture that I got to see. And then my daughter put it on a thing for my Christmas present, which is awesome. But I get the privilege, I get the privilege of teaching my granddaughters about the Lord. I'm not the only one. You are going to help that. You already have been helping other members of our family and all all those kind of things. But this is an amazing thing that God has done. Amazing. Don't get distracted, but I'll leave that out. I didn't know 10 years ago, a decade ago, that that little Chinese boy that we adopted from China, that's where you do adopt Chinese boys from, (laughs) Um, I didn't know that God was going to use his deafness and his rough decade of experience. I didn't know God was going to take that and introduce deaf people around the world to the word of God. I didn't know that. But I want to tell you, I'm going to consider that one of the great things that God has done in the 2010s or teens. That's amazing. And that's resulted in lots of thanksgiving to God. And I know that that, that, that covers just about everybody in here because you've been praying for that, for that boy. Some of you for over 20 years. Some of you remembered on our Christmas Eve service this year. Some of you remembered our first Christmas Eve service 22 years ago. And that, that Sharon and I were leaving the next day 
for China. And you gave us that letter of commitment of yourselves. Now, again, most of you weren't there, but some of you were, and you wrote a letter to us and committed yourself to help us, not knowing how difficult that was going to be. And some of you really, really went through some difficulty with that boy. One of you taught him in Sunday school at the, at the right moment. And I'm not going to say her name because she gets tired of me talking about her. Um, it's Howard's wife. Um, um, to the point that we're having, to, we're having our, own, our devotion together. And he asked me, he said, Dad, you saved? And I said, yes, I am. I said, are you? He said, I don't know. He said, Mrs. Hobby said that I ought to be. I said, she's right. And he received Christ that day. 22, well, see how long ago was that? It wasn't 22 years ago. That was before we got him. It was a long time ago. When he was a little kid. But lots of stuff happened after that. Lots of stuff. And now hundreds of people, not just us, hundreds of people around the world who have been praying for him are thanking God, which is, as we see from the Apostle Paul, as we see from Samuel, which is one of our primary ministries and responsibilities under and before the Lord. To consider the great things that he has done. I, it's hard. It's hard to consider tragic things as great. But they are. They are. And I've seen that in this decade. I wasn't expecting it. But we prayed. And God delivered our daughter, from her illness. But he took her two-day-old boy into his presence. And it's hard to say that's one of the great things that he's done, but it's one of the great things that he's done. There's coming a day when I'm not going to cry anymore about that. And neither is she, neither are any of us. Because we're going to be in the presence of the Lord where Turner is. And he's going to say, hey, this has been great the whole time. Okay. This has been great the whole time. I don't know what you guys were crying about. Because <laughs> this has been great. Because we thought we had something great to offer him. We, had so, we, had, we thought we had something great to do for him and with him. We got nothing. Compared to the one who took him home into his presence. And as a result, how many people around the country, around the world have been praising God for the way he delivered Rebecca? Her doctors just did a study because she wants to have another baby. And her doctors just did a study on every occurrence of anything even close to what she went through. And the results came back and he said, we will not help you do this again. Because everybody who's ever gone through anything close to what you've gone through is dead. 
so we're not doing it. And that's sad news, but boy, it makes me glad she's alive. And I praise God. And so do you, as we consider the great things that God has done and that he will do. See, that's what he's going to do in 2020 and beyond. As long as he waits on his coming, he's going to continue to do great things. And we need to be a church. We need to be individuals who are full of remembrance of the great things that he's done and to share those things together and to share our prayer requests with each other, our desperation with each other, so that when he does deliver us, we will offer thanks to God as our ministry to God, because that's what God is doing. That's what he wants. That's what he deserves. He deserves it. And I don't know all the great things he's done in the last 10 years in your life. I know some of them. And I've been praising God for those great things. As I've been thinking about things in my own life, I've been thinking about some great things and tragic things in your own lives, in your lives, that God has done. And what do we do? Because we recognize that God is at work. We give him praise and we give him thanks. That's what we do. That's what we better do. Now, do you think the Israelites did it? Sorry. Same old story. That's why the Psalms are filled with more commands. Give thanks to God. Forget, remember what we read this morning as Dan was leading us? Don't forget the Lord's benefits. That's what we do. Prone to wander. Did we sing that this morning? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We are so quick to forget the great, great things that God has done and is doing. And so let's finish off well. Take these next couple of days and think about what he's done this decade. Think about what he's done this year. The great, great things that he's done. And give him praise and give him thanks. And commit yourself, as we commit ourselves as a body, to share our lives with each other so that we can corporately thank God when he does the great things that he does. I, I, I try to pray that every week as we give our offerings. It's one of the reasons that we give our offerings. is so people all around the world will thank God. That's one, of the, that's one of the most important reasons that we give. Now, I like the other reasons too. I like the fact that we have this place and lights and electric and sound and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for... A, a monthly check and the, you know, to provide for earnings. I'm thankful for all that and all that happens. But the greatest thing is that people give thanks to God for the generosity expressed through Midway Community Church. That, that's the thing that we're going to be most thankful for when we get to heaven about what, our giving. We're gonna, do you realize that when you get to heaven, you're not going to say, man, I wish I hadn't given so much. Not a single person here is going to say that. And some of you are great givers. Not a single one of you is going to say, man, I wish I hadn't given so much. I, I, wish, I wish not so many people have been thankful for my gifts over the years to God for his great provision to us that I was able to share and give. None of us are going to say that. But what's going to happen is we're going to be surrounded as we surround those because 
you know that we're here as a result of giving too. Do you know that? Do you know that? Every single one of us who heard about the Lord Jesus heard about him from somebody who heard about him from somebody who heard about him from somebody who somebody gave so that person could do what they were doing to get that word to where you're at. And when we get to heaven, we're going to find those people. We're going to have time. There's been a lot of people up there. A lot of people have been, have given so that we can be where we are and do what we're doing, but we're going to find every one of them. And we're going to say, thank you. Say, thank you. I don't know you. What are you thanking me for? You gave. Well, yeah. How did it impact you? And then we get to tell them the story. And you know what we're going to do again? Praise God. Praise God. Because that's who we are. That's what we do. Because that's who he is. And that's what he does. Well, you ready to finish it out? Some of you are saying, yeah, let's get this thing over with. <laughs> let's finish it out strong. Not the, the service. Although we need to finish it strong. Let's finish this year out and this decade out strong. Remember, consider the great things that he has done. And remember the things that you don't think are great, that you think are terrible. Think about those too. Because if he hasn't already, he's going to do something great through that. I promise you. And the reason I can promise you is because he promised us. And that's all I've got is what he said. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we've all been thinking now for the last couple minutes about great things you've done. in each of our lives. We are sorry that it takes us so long to get to a point where we remember this stuff. But we are thankful that we have a body that we belong to and a place that we can come to that we can remind each other and we can pray for each other. Heavenly Father, I know there are people here right now that are feeling just like the Apostle Paul did in Asia. They don't feel like they can go on one more day, one more hour. And they're not even sure they want to. Remind them that you raise the dead and you proved it with what you did with what became of that little baby who was born in Bethlehem. Remind them that you've done great things in the past and you are going to do great things in the future. We can trust you. And Father, there may be someone here or or a number of people here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. They've been confused about it or they've been mad at you because of the way you've done some things and they've been holding back believing in Jesus. Help them overcome that today. Break down the barrier, whatever the wall is that's holding them back, that's that's separating you from them. Help it to crash down for them right now. Open their eyes so they can see what a great God you are, what a worthy God you are of praise and that you've provided for them 
a Savior, your one and only Son, Jesus, and that they believe in him, instead of themselves, instead of efforts that they make, instead of their pride, instead of their stubbornness, they will believe in Jesus. That they'll be instantly and miraculously and wondrously saved like Samuel was that day after Judy told him about it. Help them to have the courage and the faith and the wisdom and the guts to say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. I'll do now whatever you say because I love you for what you've done for me.